chapter nine of oscar wilde the story of an unhappy friendship by robert sherard this librivox recording is in the public domain his marriage did not at first improve his circumstances so that he could devote himself entirely to belle lettre it became necessary for him to earn a regular income mrs wilde's fortune was in the bulk to come to her only after the death of her grandfather who in articulo mortis at the time of oscar's engagement blossomed out into fresh life as he told me after he had joined our hands and given us his parting blessing with the pathetic striving that was always part of his character to subject his wayward nature to discipline he joyfully accepted the duties of his new position and the editorship of a lady's magazine being offered him accepted the distasteful employment his post obliged him to bureau activities he was forced to come to the city at regular hours on certain days of the week and i remember meeting him at times in the strand brisk on his way to his office a pegasus in the plough it was one of the rules in the huge literary factory in which he was employed that no smoking was allowed anywhere on the premises and that in spite of this restriction he had accepted the engagement was a proof to those who knew him how earnestly he felt his responsibility in his new state when he referred to his bureau life he used to speak of the great pleasure that he took in the society and conversation of a brother editor who occupied a high post in the literary factory and whom he described as a man of great scholarship and high refinement it seemed to me also that he enjoyed too in some measure the dignity of editorial authority and i remember that once in my rooms in cecil street when we were speaking about the remuneration of contributors he said i pay a guinea a page whether the page is illustrated or not there was some pride in his tone and he seemed to have his employer's interests at heart i recall that conversation all the better because a little earlier he had given me a proof that his nature really did suffer amid ugly surroundings a proof that his professed cultus of the beautiful proceeded from an innate feeling i had not been able to receive him the moment he called and he had been prayed to wait in the room below in the awful room which in that london lodging-house gave its designation to the drawing-room floor he had not been more than three minutes sequestrated in the crimson and ormolu horrors of that apartment with its ugly hangings bad pictures and worse ornaments before i heard his voice calling plaintively from the landing below do let me come up robert he said or i shall have to ask to be allowed to sit on the steps if i stay a moment longer in that drawing-room i shall become very ill he was living then in his beautiful house in tite street which was to be his last home it was a very temple of lettered ease exquisitely decorated and appointed with solid comfort a study had been fitted up for him at the top of the house but i do not believe that he ever wrote a line there and what writing he did do in tite street was done on carlyle's writing-table in the little room on the right of the entrance passage it was in reference to his idleness in spite of all the inducements that his abode held out to industry that he said to me those words of self-reproach which i have quoted i am not doing what i ought to do i ought to be putting black upon white black upon white this was the period in his life when those who had envied the splendid notoriety of his youth and had been dismayed by the rapidity and extent of his social success consoled themselves with the thought that his talents had given the full of their measure and that his fortune was on its ebb indeed but for his occasional contributions to the reviews his name was but little heard of during these first years of his married life 
the editorial engagement had lapsed and had not been renewed for pegasus never suited ploughman yet i did not know of it then but i heard of it afterwards that there was in those days often real distress in the beautiful home in tite street if there was it was never apparent the marriage seemed happy and prosperous on the many occasions when visiting london from paris i called at the house his friendliness was so steadfast towards me that if my first visit on arriving in town was not to him he used to write me a letter of reproach one day happening to meet me he asked me why i had been so long in coming to tite street i came over to be married i said oh i see he answered now i understand why you've not been to see me his attitude and bearing towards his wife were at all times most courteous and deferential and he affected a humorous solicitude to observe his social duties as her husband c'est le jour de ma femme he used to say in the words of poor reisler Ahni, in refusing an invitation on the days when his wife received i was once or twice present at these receptions and admired the pains he took to entertain her visitors although i knew how terribly bored he was under his genial exterior on one of these afternoons the baby was brought in to be admired by a noble dame and i remember that he said something to me as he touched his little son's cheek with his fat finger that had a ring of sadness in it words of foreboding that the child's destiny would not be a happy one words of commiseration for the sleeping innocent an act of his which about this time brought his name again before the public and which evoked some malevolent comment in the papers was an act of pure kindness prompted i think by his friendship for me my poor friend john barlas a poet who had been my comrade at new had fallen into the hands of the police his brain having given away under the stress of misery and excited by reading anarchist literature he had rushed out one morning from the awful kennel in which he was living in the lambeth road and making his way to westminster bridge had fired off a revolver at the house of commons to mark as he explained at the police station my contempt for the institution of parliament he was remanded for inquiries and under the circumstances the prospect was a bad one i heard of his arrest in paris and being unable to come over to bestir myself on his behalf i wrote a long letter to the pall mall gazette headed john barlas poet in which i told all the good things i knew of the poor fellow and gently suggested that a few doses of bromide of potassium would be the best prescription that the honourable magistrate could ordain then oscar wilde came forward and offered himself as surety for the poet's future good behaviour and in the end john barlas was bounded over to keep the peace for a period of six months under a penalty of fifty pounds on wilde's recognizance it was a generous act on oscar wilde's part for poor barlas's nervous state was such that there was every probability that he might be called on to forfeit a sum which at that time he could very ill have afforded to lose he was much pleased by the deference shown to him in court he was invited to sit next to the magistrate but what i most often think of when i recall his account of that incident is his description of the atmosphere of the regions below the police court the region of the cells the cordiality between the constables and the prisoners the pervading joviality the large spirit of tolerance of comprehension of human weakness which seemed to actuate jailers and policemen surprised and delighted him i told him that the explanation was that policemen and prisoners are men of the people together as distinct from the bourgeoisie represented by the magistrate and his textbooks 
and that when an unfortunate man of the upper classes fell into those depths he might look in vain for that cordiality and generous tolerance oscar wilde said that i was an abominable cynic but i know that in the event he found that i was in the right there was so little humanity shown to him that on the night of his arrest the reporters calling at bow street police station were admitted to look into his cell and to feast their eyes on the spectacle of his agony End of chapter 9